listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. Holy Spirit, have your way this morning. Have your way in our hearts and in our lives this morning. You do what you want to do. We don't need any more agendas in our life. We need the Spirit of God. Our plans never really got us anywhere good. We need your way, your plan, what you want, your spirit breathed on us. We need you to breathe on us. We need you, Jesus. Come have your way. Come move in this place. Let our eyes be open to the truth. Let our eyes be open to your goodness and to your love towards us. Let our hearts be moved with passion for the things of the kingdom. Let a turning take place this morning towards you. Let us come alive again. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. You're all we have. And you're all we need. We behold you, Jesus. We behold you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, teach us to be so dependent on you. Dependent on your spirit dependent on your words, dependent on your truth, dependent on everything that you are. That we wouldn't think that we had anything to do with it, God, but that it was all you. Break down pride in our lives, walls of pride that we've built up, thinking that we had to be something or do something, or be important. Teach us to be like little children, dependent on you. Teach us to love like you love. Our hearts would break for the things that your heart breaks. Break down our man-made plans and agendas 
and show us what's really important in the kingdom. Show us what's really important to your heart. We want to be about our Father's business. Father, show us what that is. Break down our walls, God, that we've built up, that have kept you out. Father, I thank you that a shift takes place this morning. That there's a shift in the atmosphere. A shift from complacency. Religion. Agendas. walk into the kingdom what you would have for this day for this hour for every moment of our life just hear in my heart before we begin, I just hear that there's someone, maybe they're online or maybe they're here, but they have some sort of liver disease or liver problems or something with their liver. And I just see Jesus touching it right now and say, you are made whole. You are made whole. You are made whole right now. Touched me and oh, the joy that filled my soul. Something happened, something happened, and I've been made whole. Cause he touched me, he touched me, he touched me, he touched me. He's touching you right now, he's touching you right now. healing goes forth right now
somebody with wrist? Something's wrong with your wrist. Do you have pain in your wrist? I don't know if it's arthritis. There's something, something wrong with your wrist. Begin to move it wherever you are, online, here, right now. Begin to move it. It's being healed right now. It's not, it's not we end worship and then, and then go into the word. We're staying in an atmosphere of worship right now. I believe that God has a word for us right now. a word right now for us as I said the, there's a shift that's taking place in the in the atmosphere in our hearts and I believe that God has a word for us right now to to take us into that shift that we're taking I believe something significant is going to happen this morning in these moments a lot of you know that um, that I don't like bees or wasps or hornets. A lot of you know that. Some of you don't, but now you do. That's, 
that's my whole life, probably since I was about six years old, it's been an issue with me and I have, I've been afraid of them, like crazy afraid of them, weird afraid of them, where if you stand in between me and a wasp, I'll punch you, like I will knock you out. And I, I, will, not, I will not show the love of Jesus, it just doesn't happen. And I've been working on it, I really have. I, this year has been probably one of the most significant years for me where I have really endeavored to ask God, like, I need your help. I don't, I don't want to be like this because, it, because when you have a fear, and I'm sure every single one of you has something to say, like, you know, some people are scared of balloons, like popping, or I don't know, some are scared of dogs or water or heights or just weird things, um, speaking in public, or I, I don't know, but we all have those things, right? And it's, it's always a place for us to invite God into and be like, I need you in this area. Like, I, I can't. And, and so when you're a minister, you do weddings outside. I just did one yesterday. And it really is a place where you're outside and you're like, dear God, I need you because I, I don't know, you know. Yesterday I did a wedding and there were wasps everywhere. Like everywhere. I mean, like everywhere. And just as we were walking out, the groom was behind me and... Um, we're just about getting ready to walk and the groom is like, oh my God, that's the biggest bee I've ever seen. And I'm literally like, shut up. <laughs> like, if you want to get married today, shut your mouth, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and, and so it's this place of being like, Jesus, I need you to sustain me and to hold me. And, and, and it's been getting better, much better than I was. But my kids will tell you this. My husband will tell you this. If you're close to me, you know this that if you are in my house and you open the door, the first thing out of my mouth is what, Judah? He doesn't know. If the door's open in the house, shut the door. Shut the door, shut the door. It doesn't matter how, how, how short amount of time the door is open, the words out of my mouth are shut the door, shut the door. Why? Because I don't want any of those evil spirits, just kidding, <laughs> any of those waspies or hornets in my house. If I'm driving in a car just on the way here, if I'm driving in a car, I don't care how hot you are, I don't care if you're sweating to death, shut the window. The window does not get to be open in my car. And so you'll hear me say, if you open the window, I'll say, shut the window. Shut the window, because if a bee comes in, the car is going to be in drive and I am, I'm out. So. so just on the way here, my husband opened the window and I said, shut the window. And he said, while we're driving? I said, yes, because the stop sign is gonna come soon. And when we get to the stop sign, there's gonna be that flies in. And he's like, then I'll shut the window when I get to the stop sign. And as we were rolling up to a stop sign, it turned yellow and I smiled at him and he shut the window, bless his heart. <laughs> but, but, but it's something that it, it's constant because I don't want anything in my house because when it comes into my house, all distraction. I, I am distracted. I don't care what I'm doing. All I care about is what's in my house. I, I, I'll stare at it. I'll do weird things. I'll tell you another story. And some of you have probably seen this because I Instagram storied it a couple of years ago. I was reading my Bible in my kitchen table. I was reading my Bible and I'm, I'm reading it, enjoying the time with God. And I hear some buzzing and I'm in my house. Okay. Doors are shut in my house. I hear some buzzing and I'm like, no, when you're afraid of something, your mind sometimes plays tricks on you and you hear buzzing all the time. So I'm like, what was that? No, I'm good. I go back and no, there's definitely some buzzing going on. And I look up and above a light is the biggest wasp 
I have ever seen in my life. And so I get up, I grab my phone, I run up the stairs, I go into my bedroom, I lock the door. I run into my bathroom, in my bedroom, I lock that door. Just in case the wasp can get in to my bedroom, then I'm good, you know, it'll take some time before it can get into the bathroom. I don't know what to do. So I Instagram it. I'm like, guys, I'm stuck in my, <laughs> in my bathroom and there's a wasp in my house. I call Jarrett. He's with a client. He's not answering. I call anybody I can. I can't find anyone. So I call Jordan, my brother. I say, Jordan, are you busy? And he's like, kind of. And I'm like, I need you to come over to my house and deal with this wasp that's in my house. And he's like, okay, kind of busy, but I'll come. And so Jordan gets to my house and he's like, all your doors are locked. Well, I'm not coming out of my house or my bedroom. So I then give him the passcode to get into my garage so that he can get into my house to get rid of the wasp, which he got rid of and I came out and it was great. But my point is, is when I let things into my house, when the door is open and those things come in, it suddenly changes everything. My peace is gone. My focus, gone. My joy, gone. I have gone into hiding. There are things that begin to happen. And, and I heard the Lord begin to speak to me. And I believe for us that there are some doors that need to be closed in our life right now for the season that we're going into. Because we've let the door open and there has been some things that have got into our heart and into our souls, into our lives that have stolen our peace, have distracted us, have taken away our joy. And I heard the Lord say, it's time to shut some doors. So I'm gonna read from 2 Kings. I'm gonna read 2 Kings 4. And I'm gonna read two stories. It says, one day the widow of a member of the group of the prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord, but now the creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, she says, except a flask of oil. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door. Say, shut the door. Say, shut the door. Shut the door. Behind you, pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing her jars to her and she filled one after another Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. the next story. One day Elisha went to the town of Shunamin. A wealthy woman lived there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. 
So one day, Elisha returned to Shunammon, and he went up to the upper room to rest. He said to his, suit, to his servant, Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunammon, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern she has shown us. What can we do for her? Can we put in a good word for you, the king of the commander of the army? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? And Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again. So Elisha told him, Elisha told him, when the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. But one day when the child was older, he went out to help his father who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap, but around noontime, he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and left him. She sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go, why go today? It's neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. And she said, it will be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. And she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel. Elisha saw her on the distance and he said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunammon is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, your husband and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him, caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled but the Lord has not yet told me what it is. Then she said, did I ask you for a son? And didn't I say, don't deceive me or get my hopes up? Then Elijah said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay a staff on that child's face. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid a staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and told him, the child is still dead. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and he shut the door. Say, shut the door. Shut the door behind him and he prayed to the Lord. 
Then he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and the hands on the child's hands. And he stretched out on him. The child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. And Elisha summoned Gehazi, said, call the child's mother. And when she came in, Elisha said, take your son. Take your son. I was reading these things while I... One morning, I, I was reading it, and the words, shut the door, shut the door, shut the door, came up. Both times, these people were given instructions to go in to shut the door because there was a miracle waiting on the inside. But the instruction was, go in, shut the door behind you. And the miracle waits. And I felt for, for many of us that there are things that the Spirit of the Lord has been talking to us about, talking to me about, talking to you about. I don't know what it is, but he's been saying, it's time for you to deal with the thing. It's time for you to shut the door on this thing and stop allowing the distractions in. Stop allowing yourself to be focused. Stop uh, to, to lose focus. Stop allowing it steal your peace and steal your joy. That there are things that the Father says, this is your moment. Your time has come. It is time to shut the door. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, for some of you, it's fear. Some of you, you have been dealing with fear. For some of you, it's sin where God is saying, hey, this is no longer okay in your life. You have to shut the door. There is a miracle that I'm waiting. And for some of you, you've cried out, God, when is it? When is it coming? Why isn't it here? And God has said, I've told you, shut the door. Shut the door. Shut the door. For some of you, it's unforgiveness. For some of you, you've let unforgiveness in and you've been not willing to let it go. God says, shut the door. For some of you, it's bitterness. For some of you, it's relationships that you will not restore. God says, shut the door. Today is the day, shut the door. Your miracle, your miracle is waiting. Shut the door. And there's things that we have dabbled in and said it's okay it's okay this is this is this is okay for me but you know that the spirit of the lord has been talking to you about it and you've wondered why am i not moving from this place why am i not moving from this place it's just because i've been telling you shut the door shut the door it's time to let go of some things and I saw that as vigilant, not that I'm saying that, like I said, God's working on me with my, my, that fear of, of bees and wasps, and I, and I am moving past it, but as vigilant as I am, that I'm aware when the doors open. Boy, I know, I don't care where I am. I know if there's a door open, I'm like, shut the door! That we would be as vigilant as it is, oh my gosh, I left a door open. Oh my gosh, the Spirit of the Lord is talking to me. It's time for me to shut the door. Let's go to 1 Kings real quick here. Uh, 1 Kings um, chapter 3. Solomon has been given the kingdom. David was a man after God's own heart and Solomon has been given the kingdom and the most beautiful thing in the world is Solomon goes to God and he's like, I, I don't know what to do. 
One of the most beautiful things for us as Christians is that we recognize forever and always, I don't know what to do, I am so dependent on God, that we would approach it like little kids. Do you know that little kids, when Jesus is sitting there and they ask him, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And he, he brings a little child to his lap. That that little child, it wasn't even like a six or an eight-year-old. The, the word he's referring to is like a toddler. Think of a toddler. What's a toddler do? Completely dependent. They know nothing. They're not even aware of them own, their own selves. They know nothing. They're just like, I follow my dad. My dad's safe. I love my dad. My dad takes care of me. And what does the Bible say? Those that, that inherit the kingdom of God will be like little children. I'm so in need. So, so Solomon in this place recognizes, I don't know anything, God. You've put me in this position. I've been called for this time and I don't know anything. I don't know what to do, how my dad did it, I don't know. And from, for all of you, you've been called for this time, for this purpose. It's okay not to know anything, but to be so reliant on God. So Solomon says, I, I'm in need of this God, and I, give me wisdom, give me understanding. And so God says, I will give that to you, I will give that to you, and this is what he says. He says, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern these great people of yours? I can't do it on my own. So this is the Lord was pleased with Solomon. I'm in verse 10 if you. The Lord was pleased with Solomon and for what he had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice, and have not asked for a long life or wealth or, or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you've asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such that no one else has ever had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. But look at this, verse 14. God says, and if you follow me, and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. This is important. He says, I'm gonna give you the wisdom and the understanding that you've asked for. But then he goes on and he gives them a specific instruction. And if you follow what I tell you to do, and if you follow my decrees and my commandments, Solomon, I'll give you long life. Look at this. Um, 1 Kings 9. So Solomon begins to build the temple. And he dedicates the temple to the Lord. Uh, verse 1, it says, So Solomon finished building the temple of the Lord, as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time. As he had done before at Gibeon, the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayers and your petitions. I have set the temple apart to be holy. This place you have built 
where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it for it is as dear to my heart. But then in verse four, he says it again. And as for you, if you will follow me with integrity and godliness as David your father did, obeying all my commands and decrees and regulations, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty over Israel forever. He shows up a second time. As if, as if God knew that there would be something that would come to try to steal Solomon's focus. That there would be something that would try to come to get, to get Solomon off purpose. That would try to change his destiny that God had set out for him. It's as if God knew. He shows up a second time. The Bible says, and then a second time, God says, as for you, Solomon. And I heard the Lord say this to me, and, I, and he says it to you right now. And as for you, I've been speaking some things to your hearts. I've been speaking some things to your life. You've been thinking that there's some things that are okay. They're not okay. As for you, shut the door. Chapter 11. Solomon This is such an interesting way to begin a chapter, but now King Solomon lived, or excuse me, now King Solomon loved many foreign women. <laughs> Besides Pharaoh's daughters, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. And the Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet, Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. Gosh, that got me. You must not love them because they'll turn your hearts. God's warning them. They'll turn your hearts to other gods. And he says, yet, Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. And I, I heard God say this to me. What are you insisting on that I'm telling you not to do? What are you insisting in your life that I get to hold on to this? Just this one thing, God. Just let me have this one thing. What are you insisting on in your life that you refuse to let go of? What are you insisting on in your life that the Holy Spirit is saying to you, I want you to obey. I, I have great things. The miracle is beyond this. Let go, let go. What are you insisting on? So yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. What opinion are you holding on to because you want to be right anyway? When God says it doesn't matter, let it go. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And look at this. Can you put it up? 
uh, verse two. Nope, verse three. Next, next. Um, in Solomon's heart, in Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods. Instead of being completely faithful to the Lord, his God, as his father David had been. That's verse four, but verse three says, and in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. And in fact, God had warned him over and over. And Solomon did it anyway, and he insisted on doing it anyway. And in fact, it turned his heart away. We can't see the end from the beginning. Can you bring it down just a little bit? We, we can't see the end from the beginning. And God shows up in moments like these. Because he's loving. Because he knows what he has prepared for us and made ready for us. And so I ask you today, what are you insisting on holding on to that God has been speaking to you about? What do you insist is your right to carry, to keep? What compromise have I made, have you made, have we made What have we made wise in our own eyes? What wisdom of the world have we brought into the kingdom and said it's right? I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. That I know that there's areas where he's saying shut the door. It's time to move past this place. In verse 9 of, of chapter 11, after it said it did, Solomon's heart did turn from God. It's as if God's warning, listen, these things are going to take you places you, you don't want to go. Right now in this moment, you may be thinking, I, I don't want my heart to turn from God. But God says, I know what's down the road if you keep holding on to these things. Verse 9, it says, The Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel. And it says, Who had appeared to him twice. In other words, God, God came twice. Solomon, this is, this is important. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, 
But Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father, David, I will not do this while you are still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son. I think sometimes we don't recognize that our decisions don't just affect us. But decisions we make today affect generations. That it goes beyond us. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying even right now that there are doors that some of you are going to shut today. It's actually going to be a legacy for you because there has been demonic things. There has been um, spiritual demonic curses over your family's bloodline, over the lines in your family that have gone on and on and on and on. And today you are going to make a decision that says, I'm shutting that door and it's breaking. You are making a decision today that's going to affect the generations that come forth. Shut the lights down, please. Who stands today and says, I'm shutting the door? Stand up. If it's you, Stand up, I'm shutting the door. There are things that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me. I'm shutting the door. I'm not, I'm not carrying this anymore. It's closing right now. There's a shift that's taking place right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The word repentance, we often look at as, as something that's, that's a scary word, but it actually means to change your mind. You know you can't change your heart, right? That's God. That's God. But it comes from a place of me changing my mind. That I've been walking this way or I've been thinking this way But God, in this moment, as I shut the door, I'm changing my mind. I'm coming as a little child saying, I don't know, I can't even do this. Man, I have been trying to fight this, do this, do all the things. I can't even do it. That I'm coming from this place of saying, I change my mind. I'm surrendering to you. And repentance literally means I'm just, I'm changing. I'm turning from this way of thinking to the next way of thinking. And I want to show you something. God gave me this verse this morning. In Acts, 
you guys know this verse, I'm sure, but I want to I wanna show you what's happening right now. For some of you, for all of us, I am going to guess for, for all of us, but if it's not you, cool. We have come through a lot. We've had to conform. There's just been so much that has happened. And it's felt, I think, for a lot of us, like the life has been sucked out of us. For some of us, we have been trying to right wrongs, figure it out. Just We've been trying to do a lot of things and it's been exhausting. And I think if a lot of us were we're honest with ourselves we feel maybe passionless maybe a drought in our own soul I keep trying to feel the presence of God I keep I, I have glimpses of it let me tell you there's a refreshing that starts this morning a refreshing for your soul, a refreshing for your times with the presence of God, a refreshing for this church. There's a wind that's blowing. Look at this, Acts 3.19, it says, now repent. We just talked about it, what's repent? Uh, it's a change of my mind. It's a turning, now repent for your sins and turn to God. Shut the door. so that your sins may be wiped away, says then times of refreshing are coming from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing right now coming from the presence of the Lord. So if you're standing, let's just... begin to tell God in your own words, in your own time, I'm shutting the door. I've seen the things. I've heard you. I've tried to avoid you. I've tried to run from it. I've tried all the things and I've insisted on holding on to it. I've insisted on keeping it, but I'm letting it go today. I'm dropping it. It's over. I'm shutting the door. I'm moving past this place. Let's begin to tell him. I'm moving past this place. The hurt that I've carried, that you've said it's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. I want to heal that place. The unforgiveness, the, the, the bitterness. The compromise. shutting the door today God we're shutting the door today God and not only are we going to shut the door now we're going to be vigilant Holy Spirit our eyes are going to be so our ears are going to be so attuned to we hear you say the doors open and we'll be quick to shut it Father, we repent for insisting on carrying, on holding, 
on keeping on this road, we, we repent. And we come like little children to you knowing we just can't even do this on our own. We need you. And I just declare right now, I declare miracles. I declare miracles. I declare miracles. I declare miracles that happen right now. I declare miracles that happen when they leave. I declare miracles throughout generations. I declare generation, generational bloodlines. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. There are miracles that are springing forth. I thank you for people who have carried burdens, carried sickness, carried unwellness, carried emotional trauma. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus. I declare wholeness. I declare wellness right now in the name of Jesus. Now it springs forth. And I declare right now there are times of refreshing coming from the presence of God. I declare it in their homes. I declare it when they drive. I declare it when they sit with their family. I declare it at their businesses, at the places that they work. I declare it in their relationships. I declare it in this church. That the breath of God blows. I declare life to come forth. Fruit, come forth. Dead things, live. Dead relationships that were meant to be prosperous, live. that have been cut off, live! Businesses, ideas, inventions that were supposed to be prosperous, live! Wombs that were supposed to bring forth life, live! Mother and father relationships to their children live. Live. Husband and wife relationships live. Ministries. God designed purpose. Hope. Live. Live. live 
There's a turning that's taking place I pray for every person here. The Father, right now in this moment, from the very core, from the very depths of them, there is a refreshing taking place by the Spirit of God as you breathe life as you breathe life into those hopeless places, as you breathe life into the dead places, as you breathe life into the places that have been locked up, you're breathing life into them and that there's a refreshing that is taking place. And Father, right now there is a passion and there is a fire for the things of God, for the presence of God that is coming alive in them. Again, once again, as you breathe on the, as you breathe on the flame, it comes alive again. I declare that there are times of refreshing that come in their own private time where the Word of God comes alive again, where the Spirit of God comes alive, where, where, where the worship in their times with you, God, comes alive. And that, Father, you take us to places that we have not been before. That, Father, we don't go around a mountain again and again and again. But, Father, from this moment, the doors have been shut. We are now facing the miracle. And, Father, we walk forward in this in Jesus' name. Let the words shut the door be sealed on our hearts and in our lives. In the name of Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Say that. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say that. No turning back. No turning back. I'm not looking back. I'm not looking back. No turning back. No turning back. going to end, but I just heard the Spirit of the Lord. Can you put the black mic on, please? Spirit of the Lord. Um, sometimes what happens when, when we leave, the enemy will try to hit you with shame, 
we're going to pray against that. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we just want to pray against the enemy, specifically shame. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Lord, shame comes on all of us. Mm-hmm. And it blackmails us and it tries to keep us from running to you. Yeah. And so, Father, I just come against the shame in the name of Jesus. I speak against that darkness with the authority that Jesus gave me when he died on the cross for me. Lord, we take that authority. We take the blood of Jesus and all of those within the sound of my voice that feel shame. Father, I pray that your blood would cover that. Yes. Lord, open our eyes so that we can see when the shame is there. Some of us are so used to shame that we just live with it and don't recognize it. Open our eyes, Lord. Make it clear so that we can see it, so that we can banish it. Father, thank you for making a plan that we can be free from that. Thank you. Thank you for making a plan that we can walk out of that. Father, we submit our lives to you again, and we sh- we submit all our emotions to you, all our feelings to you. Lord, and we declare that when you show us that they are wrong, we will give them to you, Lord, and we will get rid of them. Get rid of them. Shame is the door you want us to close. Many of us have that shame, and that's the door you want us to close. So, Father, we shut that door. We shut the door on shame, and we refuse to allow an entrance anymore. Lord, we won't think shame anymore. And we will do our hardest. We will do our best, Lord, to give it to you so that we don't have to submit to that thought patterns, to that spirit of shame. Thank you for victory. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for showing us. Thank you for being so faithful to show us and tell us and not let us walk through it, but to what let us show us to walk out of it. You are so awesome. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There are things that the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now about, maybe even for some of you, it's plans and, and in your heart and in your head, you're like, I can't do that, God. I, what will they say? What, 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 what will they think of me? Or I can't do it, God. I, I can't do this, God. And I, I want you to know that if he's asking you to do it, he's going to cover you with his grace. He will strengthen you to do it and he will hold you. He will hold you. He will walk with you. He will not leave you. And it seems big and it seems scary and that's where shame will try to come in or the enemy will try to come in and say, oh my gosh, the world will turn on you, whatever. 
And I want you to hear this. God says, I will hold you. And your, and your, and your latter days will be greater than your former days. And your latter days will be greater than your former days. I will hold you. Amen. Amen, church. I love you. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.